Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Glory to Jesus Christ, Father Nathan. Glory forever. Or when this comes out, Christ is risen, Father Nathan. Indeed he is risen. Is that right? Yeah, it is. On top of things. Christos vos crece. Vuitino vos crece. Tak, tak. So you Romans uh, say he has risen indeed, correct? Mm-hmm. I don't know which one's the Yoda version, which one's the real version. Um, What is it? Christ is risen, indeed he is risen. Yes, that's what we say. Yeah. Yes. That's what we say. Of course, everybody's like, Christ is risen. Christ is risen from the dead. Trembling down in my death. Come away, come away. God bless you, Matt Marr. Guitar solo. I love that. I do love that song, but it's really funny to hear um, uh, 75-year-old people sing it. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, death. Anyways. That was worth the snort. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. We're separating ourselves out because we're recording on the Friday. <laughs> yeah. The Friday before Lazarus Saturday. Or what do you call tomorrow? We call it Lazarus Saturday. So the Saturday before Great and Holy Week, we call Lazarus Saturday because we commemorate his rising. Yeah. Uh, we call it uh, St. Joseph's Day. Okay. <laughs> the okay. Feast of St. Joseph's oh, okay. the 19th. That's oh, it. Nice. Yeah, we don't have, a, we have, a, we don't have oh, cool names or stuff good. like that. That's good. All right. Um so by the way we uh we finished our 40 days today really yes wait today like today. as in the 40 days friday yes as in we are now done with the 40 well today we are finishing up the 40th day of the great fast and so we begin uh next week with holy week great and holy week which is an additional fast tacked on to the end of the 40 days that's why we begin our lent our great fast two days before you do on clean monday and then we count Sundays as part of our 40 days. Mm-hmm. Hence, I'm not getting sloshed or eating animal products even on Sundays. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. I try. I'm glad that you don't get sloshed during Lent. <laughs> I can celebrate on, on Pascha. I was just sharing with Father Nathan, too, the day after Easter, the day after Pascha, we call, by the way, Pascha is just means Passover, and so mm-hmm. it's our way of saying Easter. So Pascha, um, the day after Pascha is a is a solemn feast day for us. What do you call it? Bright Monday. Bright Monday. And on Bright Monday, all of the men. I heard this is also Polish tradition, but it's become one of ours as well. Or I don't know whose it was first, but all men throw water on all women everywhere in the city. Ancient Byzantine tradition, as I say. Ancient. So, so you take you take water, and then on, on bright Tuesday, the next day, which is a simple feast day, all the women then throw water on the men. And the reason for this is because at the celebration of Christ's resurrection, Mary Magdalene, a woman, went to the twelve apostles, uh-huh. a man, and they and she said, "I went to the tomb; it was empty. Come see." And the tradition says that they thought she was crazy or just having a, a freak-out moment, and so they threw water on her. Oh. And then when they discovered Christ was actually risen, then she got them back. So <laughs> it's like a throw water on you to wake up from your craziness, and nice. I wasn't crazy, so now I'm going to eat you back. Load up your super soakers. Do it. So we actually do that in the parish. I give all my altar servers little squirt guns on really? Monday. So as we go to the greeting in the back of the church, the women still haven't gotten it. They still like, they see me walking up to them and they're like, oh, father, good homily, give me a hug. And then, yeah, we all, all the servers and I unload. 
and then uh, they usually <laughs> sounds forget. like a great tradition. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. It's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Um, Women are strangely absent on that solemnity. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing is that they're still all hyped up. The, the women are strangely absent on Tuesday on the Sybil Feast Day, oh. which is when you'd think they'd want to be there to get us back. But we're trying to use that as an incentive to come. Come on, ladies. Also, come on, do your duty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did, didn't mean to say it that way. <laughs> I meant with water on bright Tuesday. Okay. Uh, to the topic. Oh my gosh. Okay. First thing, uh, I want to. Oh, okay. We want to thank in about five minutes. Set your oh. clocks, folks. In about five minutes, we're going to give thanks to God for one Matt Tynan who gave me a 24-pack of AA batteries for the helicopter that he bought me for my birthday last year. But uh, I've only used like three of them. I'm like, what am I going to use the rest of these batteries for? Bam! Loon clock. So thank you, Matt Tynan. The loon is back. He'll be bleeping us. like Firing off. And this is the first time that listeners have ever heard the unmuffled loon clock yeah i had to i had to muffle him because he was he was pretty loud and now now he's i've removed all uh the muffle all muffles took out the goose plug all right all right we'll see five minutes all right um so i want to talk about the since it is bright week as we call it the week after pasca um, or we might be posting this on Easter itself. We'll see how that works. But Shh, sorry, don't if this came out, if this came out on Thursday, then ignore I said that. If it came out a different day, then surprise, exactly. surprise. <laughs> All right. Um, so I want to talk about Saint John Chrysostom, who is a fourth century bishop in the church. His Paschal homily. So his his homily that that in the Byzantine Catholic Church. Every Byzantine Catholic Church in the world and every Orthodox Byzantine Orthodox Church in the world, they read this homily on Easter morning. So the priest doesn't even have to write a homily for Easter because he uses the same one every year. And after you've heard it, you will understand why we hear this one every year because it really can't be outdone. Um, so we don't even try anymore. We just read read his. And I tend to give a little bit of a reflection before it just to get people ready for it and understand what it is. That's probably just my arrogance. But anyway, um, so to understand what John Chrysostom is saying here, St. John Chrysostom is saying here, we need to understand the the passage in the scriptures where Jesus tells the parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. And then, of course, we hear that he goes back more times and picks up more laborers. So he agrees to the first time the laborers for the usual daily wage, he goes in again, that, that's early morning. He goes again out at the third hour. What we hear is, quote, the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, at the eleventh hour. I noticed that the NAB, um, the New American Bible, actually translated by the times of day. So I think that they're, they're doing that so you can understand it. So he goes out at dawn. They agree to the early wage. He brings him in. They work in his vineyard. He goes out again at 9 o'clock, which is third hour. He goes again at noon, which is sixth hour. He goes again at 9. Uh, is that correct? That can't be correct. Yes, ninth hour is 3 o'clock, and then 11th hour is 5 o'clock. So the point here is that he needs more workers for the vineyard, and so he's going back to the same group of men waiting around looking for work, and he brings them to the vineyard to work. But he only is paying them for one day. So when he goes out at 5 o'clock, it's obviously near a dusk. And so it, these men are going to be working a very, very short period of time because you can't work after, after the sun goes down. So, of course, as we know, the end of the story – 
when he goes to pay them, he starts with the men that came at the latest, in other words, those who he picked up the last, and he gives them a full day's wage. And so all the other workers think that they're going to get more mm-hmm. since he gave the ones that came almost at the end of the day a full day's wage, but he gives them all the same. And those who came early get bitter, completely understandably. I think we all would. Um, and the whole point here is that, of course, he says to them, um, are you My friend, envious? I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me to the usual wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give the last one uh, the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Oh, I love that line. Am, are you envious because I'm generous? So understanding the kind of the confusion and the shock of that parable, um, I'm going to read this in at least two parts, probably three parts. So bear with me as I read this homily. Um but it is absolutely beautiful. So his words are going to be more eloquent than mine. So I'm just going to read the first third and then do a couple of reflections. You and I, Father Nathan, and I'll go with the rest as well. All right, here's the beginning. If any man is devout and loves God, let him enjoy this fair and radiant triumphal feast. If any man be a wise servant, let him rejoicing enter into the joy of his Lord. If any have labored long in fasting, let him now receive his reward. Isn't that louder? Amen, Loon. I got this headphones. I can't really tell, but <laughs> yes, is it okay? <laughs> All right. Continuing on. If any have worked from the first hour, let him today receive his just recompense. If any have come at the third hour, let him with thankfulness keep this feast. If any have arrived at the sixth hour, let him have no misgivings, because he shall in no wise be deprived. If any have delayed until the ninth hour, let him draw near, fearing nothing. If any have waited even until the eleventh hour, let him also not be alarmed at his lateness, for the Lord who is jealous of his honor will accept the last even as the first. He gives rest unto him who comes at the eleventh hour, even as unto him who has worked from the first. And he shows mercy upon the last, and he cares for the first, to the one he gives, and upon the other he bestows gifts. And he both accepts the deeds and welcomes the intention and honors the acts and praises the offering. Therefore, enter all of you into the joy of your Lord and receive your reward, both the first and the last. You rich and you poor together hold this high feast. You sober and you reckless honor this day. Rejoice today, both you who have fasted and you who have disregarded the fast. The table is full laden. Feast sumptuously all of you, the calf is fatted, let no one go away hungry. Enjoy all of you this feast of faith, receive all of you of the riches of loving kindness. Let no one worry over his poverty, for the universal kingdom has been revealed. Hmm. So, he's obviously kind of caught up in the joy of the resurrection, and in the joy of this great gift of the resurrection, he is saying this is too big to be given only to those who who think they deserve it or who worked hard at deserving it or who put any effort into deserving it. But it is it is such a gift, the resurrection of the man, Jesus Christ, that he rises all of humanity with himself. And so again, I and, and I what I want to emphasize when we get to the end is that that here I am reading this and preparing this before Holy Week even begins when we're recording this podcast. You're hearing it, of course, during Bright Week. But there's something – we know this homily is coming up. We kind of mentioned that in the last podcast. We know this homily is coming up. We know that on Easter morning, on Pascha morning, we're going to hear a homily saying, 
if you came with, in other words, if on day one of Lent, you decided what you're going to do and you carried it forth and here you're experiencing Easter, you're experiencing the resurrection. So that is awesome. You did a great job. Come and welcome the feast. If you came on Good Friday and like, what is Good Friday? I just saw it on Facebook and you show up to church and you put the least amount of effort in or even if you don't do that, even if you just, if you're a Christmas and Easter Christian and you show up for Pascha, like we like that you're here and Christ wants to offer this immense gift for you. And so he uses, again, the the, the parable of, of either working a lot or not working at all to welcome you into the the receptivity of the great gift that Christ offers, whether you actually worked for it or not. How, what do you do if, like, you know that you worked harder than other people? Like, you really did. Like, there were other people who were like, I'm going to have a drink. I'm, I'm, I, 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 we both gave up alcohol. I'm going to, I had a drink, you know, they had a drink. And then now like, you know, they're, they're right alongside you. I think you have to have that experience. I like, like we, we don't, we, we cannot appreciate what it is that Christ's giving us unless we have that very human reaction. Mm-hmm. Like if we don't have that very human reaction, if we automatically say, yes, I worked my behind off mm-hmm. for, for, you know, years and years. We see this in the workplace all the time, right? You get, you get some guy that's been with the company for years and years, and all of a sudden they hire this 27-year-old punk who comes in as the guy's manager, you know. Like the, the, there, there's a, a cry. 32-year-old that- <laughs> pastor. Okay. Yeah, right. So right. you know. So that there's this there's this cry for of injustice. And unless yeah. unless we react the way that those of the first hour did, then we're not going to understand the immensity of the gift that Christ offers to us and what he calls us to. This goes back to the prodigal son. The older son should have had the reaction he did, right? My younger son, he squandered everything. My younger brother, he squandered everything. He comes back after losing everything and pretty much just telling my father, I wish he was dead. All of a sudden he comes back and my father goes running out there to meet him with open arms and gives him something better than he's ever given me. We need to cry injustice, but at the same time, it's not only injustice, it's it's super justice. That's not a word, but it's, it's more than justice. Yeah. It's in other words, we, we have to realize that, okay, this is actually a gift of, of Easter is to be able to be Christ-like or God the Father-like in welcoming those who did not mm-hmm. alter or inconvenience themselves nearly as much as I yeah. did. But then also, like, are you really saying that you that you or I merited the eternal salvation of God uh, that he extends to sinners, the, the mystery of reconciliation— because I didn't use Instagram for, you know, like 30 days. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and Sundays I, I, I took off. Right. Come on, right. people here. Yeah. Come on. Right. Come on. Come on. So, so we, do Come need, on. we need, do need to look at others and say, is my love Christ-like enough to say I want the other who is slacked off? I want to yeah. welcome them in the same reality. And I look at myself to say, am I really, when I get envious or get jealous, am I really... Am I really telling myself that I somehow deserve this more than they do? Yeah. None of us deserve it. So, so it, it is, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. So why then fast? <laughs> why, why put effort into it if we know this is coming at the end? But before that, I, I, I want to reflect upon the second half of the homily. Segway. Segway with chaps. All right. Um, all right. Here we go. Let no one weep for his sins. For pardon has shone forth from the grave. Let no one fear death, for the Savior's death has set us free. 
He that was held prisoner of it has annihilated it. By descending into hell, he made hell captive. He embittered it when he tasted of his flesh. He embittered it when it tasted of his flesh. And Isaiah, foretelling this, did cry, Hell, said he, was embittered when it encountered you in the lower regions. It was made bitter, for it was abolished. It was made bitter, for it was mocked. It was made bitter, for it was slain. It was made bitter, for it was overthrown. It was made bitter, for it was fettered and changed. It took a body, and it met God. It took earth, and encountered heaven. It took that which was seen, and fell upon the unseen. O death, where is your sting? O hell, where is your victory? Christ is risen, and you are overthrown. Christ is risen, and the demons are fallen. Christ is risen, and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen, and life reigns. Christ is risen, and not one dead remains in the grave. For Christ, being risen from the dead, is become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. To him be glory and dominion unto ages of ages. Amen. Hmm. So this, this second half explains why we cannot exclude anybody from the reality because Christ becoming a human being, becoming a man, he, he, when he dies, he brings all humanity with him. And when he rises, he rises with all humanity. He cannot only take some of us. So what he offered, he offers to all of us. And that's the key. So, so when it comes to why we are, why we are even feasting, why we are celebrating, what we are welcoming other people into, and what we are realizing that we are not worthy of, is something that is too big to just say, "I give up Instagram for forty days." You know, it, it's too big for for all of our fasting. It's too big for any of that. And I'll get to a moment like why that's good to do that stuff, but the the relation the reaction the relationship we have at the end is is too big for our any human effort because literally death was overthrown death itself was overthrown and the the, the beautiful poetry that that saint john chrysostom uses when he talks about not only was death overthrown, but it was embittered. It was made bitter. It, it was it, this is a personification, of course, of of Hades, of death. But but how death was kind of shocked because, and I, I love that line. You know, it it, it I I got to find it in a second. But it encountered. It took a body and it met God. In other words, it it how many bodies had death taken? It had taken body after body yeah. after body has submitted to death, and all of a sudden it takes another body because Christ had a body, and that body actually died. It took a body because that is in the realm of death, and it encountered in that body that same body was the body of God, mm-hmm. and that just kind of sent ripples through the whole physical reality of creation, of of death, of the afterlife, of yeah. what it means to be dead, etc. Um, and so then, then he's quoting there, First uh, Corinthians fifteen: "O death, where is your sting? O hell, where is your victory?" In other words, the the uh, death we are all fear death. I know death, where is your sting? I, I don't fear you anymore. You know, I'm not because you've been conquered. And that's the trapari that we sing over and over and over again on Pascha. Christ is risen from the dead. By death he trampled death, and those in the tombs he granted life. You know, death has been trampled. It's it's been it's been overthrown. And and the icon of the descent into Hades that we use on on Pascha shows this man, this old frail man, naked and tied up with chains, mm. underneath the the tops of the tombs of Adam and Eve, as Christ 
just raises Adam and Eve out of their tombs. The, the tops of the tombs form a cross because it's by the cross there's victory. And then Christ stands on top of that cross made by the tops of the tombs. And then there's Hades, there's death chained up beneath it. In other words, he was conquered by this presence of God um, that then pulled Adam and Eve out of their tombs and raised them up into heaven. I think what John Christ, St. John Chrysostom is trying to say is, yippee ka ya yay that's exactly. what I hear. That, that's a shorter form of the same yeah. homily. So then, I mean, like we see this all the time. It's in all of the movies. It's in all of these like, you know, major literary works where you have like a meta, uh, uh, um, a huge problem, a meta problem, if you will, um, or mega problem, I guess. Um, and it's going to affect the whole world where right. it's, it's coming, you know, asteroid coming to, you know, Armageddon or something right. like that. And so there are people that are completely oblivious that this is even a problem. They're completely oblivious that um, that somehow like this is going to be an issue for them, or they kind of know it, but you know who really cares? Let's just you know get through. But then when the victory's won, then the whole world shares in that. Yeah. But then there are some people that don't even know. One, they right. don't even know there was a problem. Two, they don't even know that there was uh, a, a major. Um, salvation kind of won for them because they didn't even know, well, not an issue, you know? Right. Like, the image that I have is uh, at the end of, at the end of The Lord of the Rings, when, uh, when the hobbits come back to the Shire, like, all of them are, like, just doing their own thing. Like, smoking their pipes, right. sweeping their, you know, whatever, front, front steps, uh, just kind of like, what what have you guys been doing? It's like, do you have any idea that the world was just saved? And right. they don't, you right. know? Um, so the, the it's not just for those who fought in the battle. It's not just those who were wounded in the battle. It's not those just for those who died in the battle. This is for every living person that will ever be. Yeah. And has ever been and will ever be. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're through our, through our love, through our petitions, through our, penances we are sharing in the battle and in the victory but the victory is yours yeah the victory is christ and he gives it back to us yeah. it's almost and in, in, in the fact that that this this event that happened that so many people don't even acknowledge they don't even know that it did happen the gift is then offered to them and that's the point I'm getting at now, that, that the fact that all of this is a gift given by Christ to us and the gift was offered to them, but they, they were not able or willing to receive it. But that does not mean that it's still not offered. The, the gift is offered eternally. The gift is offered to those who don't even acknowledge the, re, the event that was pure gift. This is offered to them. So it's almost like the, the image that just came to my head was, you know, somebody says, you know, I'm offering you you know, a million bucks and the person isn't is unable or unwilling to receive it. So it's like hidden in their house somewhere. And then as soon as they're saying, you know what, I now realize I need this money to use a, a kind of absurd image, you know, but I need this money now. And then, the, well, I offered it to you a while ago. Well, can I still have it? I gave it to you. It's, it's hidden in your house here. You, you have access to it anytime. Yeah. In other words, you've had access to it anytime. You just didn't take it. So here's where it is. Here's how to get to it. You're at, you're now asking, you're now open to it. So now the gift is offered to you. So, the reason then why, even though I know that we're going to hear this homily, I know that we're going to celebrate Easter, I know that the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Christ, new life, new creation is going to be offered to me at the end of Lent. Why then 
do I put any effort in whatsoever? If, if I'm only looking forward to Easter morning and I say, well, I'm going to be there. And so I'm going to hear the same words. I'm going to receive the exact same gift, whether I do it or not. This is, of course, where the devil comes in because that is true. That is true. But what happens is, is we have these scriptures, these scripture passages, um, for instance, like Matthew 18. Um, it's actually in all the synoptics. If anyone causes one of these little ones to sin, it would be better if a great millstone was hung around his neck and he was drowned in the depths of the sea. So in other words, there is things that we can do. There's things that we can do where we say, does Christ offer that same resurrection to this person? Obviously, the scriptures are telling us that that's a bad thing. It's better for him to be drowned in the depths of the sea than to cause scandal or to lead astray one of these simple ones, these little ones. Another place, we have the story, of course, of the rich man and Lazarus, where, where the rich man is living sumptuously and Lazarus just you know, desires nothing more than the scraps that fall from his table. He's sitting at the rich man's gate. The dogs are licking his sores, etc. And then obviously we have a situation where the rich man does not reap the rewards, right? He, he goes to hell. Right? He, there's this great chasm between him and, and the bosom of Abraham, which is where Lazarus goes. Also, of course, Jesus' own words. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better, it would have been good for that man if he had not been born. So in other words, there's the, the scriptures are not telling us, and the tradition of the church is not telling us, that it doesn't matter what you do. So when we hear this homily, it's important to understand that this homily, we are hearing it on the day that the gift is offered. So we're hearing this on Pascha itself, we're hearing this on the day when Christ says, I give you the gift of my my death, my sacrifice, my complete self-emptying for you, I also give you then the gift of my resurrection. You welcomed into my own person, my own divinity, and welcome the gift of resurrection. So we see then one of the things that our prayer, our fasting, our almsgiving have done during the great fast, the reason why we, we will do them again next year, the reason why we want to do them better next year and get better at these things is because it helps us to better not only avoid the sin that that makes us recipients of, of damnation, but rather to better receive and even to receive the gift. Because Christ offers it to us, but of course there are those who, who are victims of damnation, not victims, they did it themselves, but, but there are those, it, they did not receive the gift that is res, death and resurrection, which is in itself eternal life. So, for instance, the two thieves on the cross, they both were right. thieves, they both witnessed the same crucifixion of Christ, one had the reaction of mocking Christ, the other one had the reaction of saying, you know, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yeah, but so, also, it's just that we suffer. We are justly condemned for our crimes. Right. This man has done no wrong. Right, exactly. And, and so, so there's, there's two men with, did this, they're both thieves, they're both humans, but they, one receives the gift of the crucifixion, the other one does not. And so we have to understand that that when just because the gift is offered doesn't mean that we receive it well. There there are stories throughout when Christ offers us his death and resurrection and we don't receive it. So that's the entire point of what Lent is. Great fast is preparing ourselves to receive the gift we know is coming, but our but the part of that gift, of course, is is the altering of our life. We are able to love better. We are able to be more joyful if we truly receive the gift of the death and resurrection of Christ. It's not only about you know, pass or fail. Do I get into heaven or not? It's about the joy of this life and, you know, making sure that I do participate with watchfulness and with receptivity to the Christ, 
to what Christ offers. We also have multiple parables where the, you know, the master goes away, the king goes away, the landowner goes away, and and when he's gone, you know, um, the, the the people who he puts in charge are just not paying attention. They don't understand the gift of that leadership that Christ has given them or that the master has given them. Also, of course, the stories of the king who had the son and was throwing a wedding banquet for the son. He invited many, but they didn't want to come. They had other priorities, right? So the gift is offered, but it's not always appreciated. And so there is very much the the time of Lent, the time of the great fast, is a time of preparing ourselves to understand, to stand in awe of, and receive in its fullness, and to make effective in its fullness what those gifts are. We can all receive the gift on Pascha, but when we leave the church and and go into the world, those who who through Christ's power and through their own asceticism, their own prayer fasting almsgiving, were able to soften their hearts, they will be more in awe of the gift, they'll receive it more joyfully, and they'll have the the deeper ability to share that gift with others because they received it more in the fullness. You don't want to compare this because that's kind of going against the spirit of what it is. Christ offers it to all of us, but there is certainly, I, I see the same reality that someone sitting next to me in the pew does. They might have fasted better, and they're going to actually be able to receive the gift with more joy and with more effectiveness in their own life and those they love than I will who waited to the 11th hour. We receive the same gift, but but the way that that gift is lived out in our lives could be very different. Hmm. Any thoughts, Father Nathan? I just we, talked for a very long time. Well, we're, are we on to the third part yet? I, I, that was the whole thing. Sorry. I, I, oh, I, that was I, the whole thing. I, I did it in two parts, yeah. Oh, it's good. Well, yeah, I do have a thought. Okay. Um, I, well, As you were talking about that, um, I feel I feel like actually educated. I I mean, for the first time in my life, I feel like I actually know something. Um, the um, so Father Nick Blaha stayed with me this summer. Okay, and uh, before he left, he accidentally left this. Um, he probably did it on purpose to actually you know tell me to watch something other than Walking Dead for once <laughs> in my life. Um, but there's this great mini series on um, uh, from the BBC called The Hollow Crown, and okay. it's uh, Shakespeare's. Um, historical plays. Okay. Um, so uh, this, the one that I'm thinking of is Henry V. And um, there's this famous speech, which some of you have heard, some of you have, you know, maybe just like heard in other, you know, formats or whatever else. But it's the it's the speech of, of uh, Henry V before they go into battle on St. Crispin's Day. And um, the one guy saying, well, we don't have enough men. Like, I wish that we had... I wish that we had 10,000 more men because we're just not going to be able to fight this. Mm. Um, and so, sorry, you're going to have to hear, you know, like, you know, more somebody reading to you. But this language. is freaking sweet. Um, uh, so I'll just pick it up. Uh, that he which hath no stomach to this fight, let him depart. His passport shall be made and crowns for convoy put into his purse. We would not die in that man's company that fears his fellowship to die with us. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this day and comes safe home will stand a tiptoe when this day is named and rouse him at the name of Crispian. He that shall live this day and see old age will yearly on the vigil feast his neighbors and say, Tomorrow is Saint Crispian. Then he will strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, These wounds I had on Crispian's day. Old men forget, yet it all shall be forgot, but he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in his mouth as household words, Harry the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester. 
be in their flowing cups fleshly, freshly remembered. This story shall the good man teach his son, and Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world. But we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that shed his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so vile. This day shall gentle his condition, and gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed that they were not here, and hold their manhoods cheap whilst any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispian's Day. Hmm. And that to me is, I mean, that's like, that's Shakespeare, like, totally, like, relevant. Like, why are we not studying this? You know, like, I'm, I feel just totally, uh, blown away by by the depth that he's that he's talking about which is do you really want to stand at the end of your life and say like I didn't fight with Christ like and suffer with him yeah. in this life yeah. you know and instead of just like oh I gave up all these things and they didn't do anything they didn't do anything and they get to share the victory it's just like you will be able to strip your 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 shirt and show the scars that were hopefully not self-inflicted, but the the suffering, the 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 weight that you've lost, mm-hmm. the the people who'd say, "Why weren't you on Instagram for you know forty days?" I don't know what you've done. I hope it's a lot more than that. That's all that I've you know. I haven't done that, but you know what I mean. Like, it, we want to get to the point at the end of our lives where it's like I shared in Christ's victory in this life, and not just like oh, mealy mouth like. I guess I'll wait around, you know, and and he'll he's going to save me anyways, yeah. you know, um, and the victory that they win on that day um, is because they were roused to be this band of brothers. That's the reason why they chose band of brothers for you know like the HBO series, yeah. you know, yeah. like this is what it's all about. Do you want to be in Christ's army? Do you want to fight with him? Do you want to die with him? Do you want to like share in the resurrection or do you want to share with Satan? Yeah. And I think that's the point that you're making. Yeah. Like, which do you want to give up? Fine. Cause Jesus will probably save you even though you're a pansy, you know? Um, but uh, do you really want to live? You really want to live for all of these like creature comforts? Yeah. Like in, in this one, not to make like the direct analogy or something, but he's like, look, if you want to go home, go home. Right. You know, we wouldn't want to die in your company anyways. Mm. And Jesus is looking for people that will that are that are willing to die with him, yeah. and allow him to die for them. Um, and he's the king that leads us into battle. Yeah. And the Lamb once slain, who lives lives forever. Yeah. And I will always, and I hope this happens until the day that I die, where I'll come to Easter and be like, I haven't done enough for you, Jesus. Yeah. I haven't done enough for you. But then it just makes me the next year say, I really want to do this again, yeah. and I got to rouse myself to that. Because, um, yeah, I just I I want to suffer for him and yeah. with him. So the, 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 that's beautiful, and the, there's there's something about the On Christmas Day where where, where Christmas, we where we Christmas. always where we always acknowledge like, like the gifts I've been given, and and if I get to that, and I'm able to like like you said, like tear off my sleeves and show my scars. It's not to make those who don't have scars jealous. It's not. It's not to make them feel less. Right. But there's an ability given. I mean, to to continue using that image, there's ability where someone comes and says, "You say, look, I reaped the rewards of of a life of faith, and 
but I never hoard these things. So I can offer these rewards now in Christ to you who didn't do it. And but but it's almost like saying if somebody hurts me, if I'm living the true life of a Christian, I can say, you know what? It's I'm going to I am honored by the fact that you hurt me rather than someone else because now I'm given the opportunity to offer you forgiveness. And I've the 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 Christian life I've lived has made me better at forgiving. I've acknowledged the fact that Christ forgave me, and so I've become good at forgiving by being one who has been offered forgiveness so many times. And so if I've been offered this by Christ over and over and over again, then now I am now receiving that gift and I can give that gift. So if you've come, you don't have any scars. You didn't put any work into it, but I do have scars. I did put work into it. And now I can offer you in Christ the same thing. So you like my scars. You, you, you wish you had done them too. Let me give you <laughs> that's. Let me, give you, let me give you some scars. Right? I, I take them off me and I say, here's here's the rewards of, of a life well lived. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. Hopefully I'm going to hear that. And, and and if not, then I'm going to go to those who did hear it and I can go, can I please have some of that? Like I, I know that you can give it because that's yeah. part of the beauty of what it is. So can I please have some of those scars? Can I please have some of that good and faithful servanthood? Again, we, we need to, uh, but when we get into heaven and we are all in the one body of Christ and communion with him, we're all going to share all these things anyway. But I am going to feel so good to be part of the gift giver that can give Christ because I was able to receive it here in this world for a long period of time or however we want to look at it. And I, I can offer more to those who are slackers. I can offer more to those who are malicious. I can offer I can offer Rap, <laughs> Napple. Wait, wait, keep going. Keep going. I like this game. <laughs> I love you guys. Yeah. That was too easy. Come on. I'm not going to go further. I'm not going to give you more ammo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the communion of saints. Yeah. That's the communion of saints. They end up with like a lot more, lot more wealth than they ever needed. Yeah, and then they're just like, "Here you go," you know. And the point isn't sweet. I don't have to do anything now. Right? No, it's like you should be you should be working so that the next person yeah. who may not have enough merits, yeah. you know, will. I mean, there's a reason why uh, Saint Therese like prayed and interceded and and fasted and suffered for this this murderer. And then at the very end of his life, he kissed a crucifix, yeah. you know? What did that guy have? Possibly yeah. nothing. But then St. Therese gives him, like, everything that he needs. Yep. We are all one body in Christ. So what we do can affect the rest of the body. Even if I'm just a hand, what I do can affect the other hand. You know, this, we in this one body of Christ, it, it's it, it really is amazing. And even if I live a life of striving for holiness, live a life of faith— I don't even want to offer the rewards of my faith. Like the only reason I even want to offer them to others at all is because of faith. It's because of Christ. He gives me the desire even. Like humans don't have the desire to let other reap the rewards of their effort, but Christ can offer us that too. He can give us even the desire and the ability and the willingness to do that. I feel bad that I said something about rabbit apple. I love you guys. Plus I just feel like I just like, you know, did something small, and I'm going to get gut punched again. <laughs> Dang it. This isn't going to come out until after they're... Yeah, they're we're back. in Bright Week, guys. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Be loving. Forgive Father Nathan. That's right. <laughs> See? <laughs> All right. Thank you. That's that, good. I yeah. love that. 
I love that you can. It's like you're you get the same record every single year that you get to like you know put on the you know like the mixer you know right two turntables and a microphone yeah. and then you just you get to spin it in a different way every single year yeah and you know it's 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 scriptural it's it's from the saints it has really good message yeah I got to figure out what I'm preaching on for Sunday so. And it is, and I, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously not the word of God. It's just a homily of a, a fourth century bishop. It's just but, a homily. But, but it's, uh, it is a, uh, that, that's what homilies are, of course, is that you take the word of God and you make it applicable to the people that are sitting there. Well, this homily is going to be eternally applicable because you have people that came at the first hour and people that came at the 11th hour every single year. And then you have, you also have people that don't understand, like, you don't have to fear death anymore. It's been conquered. It's been trampled. I like, like you've been recreated in the I don't resurrection. Close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe. I don't want to miss a thing. Do you remember that? I do. I think that was one of the first CDs I ever bought. What was it from? When there were CDs. Armageddon, man. Oh, I was gonna. That's ask, the victory. I was gonna ask you privately for the connection. <laughs> Because I didn't get a dream of you. (laughs) Yeah, right. Good movie. Yeah, but I mean, like, the victory's been won. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And instead of Bruce Willis dying, it's Jesus. And he lives forever. (laughs) That's the analogy, man. Come on. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So yeah, so so listen. To this we'll, we'll, I'll put I'll put the translation that I read up on the uh, Facebook page if you're on Facebook too, nice. so, you can, so you can read it for yourself and be inspired by it every year. Well done. Thank you, Father Nathan. That's good. I love it. Do you have any shout outs, Father Nathan? Uh, I do. Excellent. Uh, okay, here we go. This is a email, but it's from a, a letter response. I have to say I'm rather impressed with your Google skills. You did find the right person who sent the truffles from Blue Table Chocolates in Buffalo, (laughs) New York. I'm sorry for the lack of contact info in the package. It was a PayPal order form, and there were not a lot of options for notes. I do hope the gift message I sent with it made it to you. Thank you for all you do at Catholic Stuff. Listen to you has opened my mind and heart. Um, Keep doing what you do. I look forward to each episode. Colleen Croce. 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 So were these like the really... Ornate they were, quality they were marble looking truffles. Those, Literally, those were incredible. Like uh, they were some of the best chocolates that I've that I've ever yeah. ever had. Me too. Um, um, and it was crazy. So I Google stalked someone who sent us a package, <laughs> but it didn't have a return address on it. And a lot of times, what happens is I'll try to find who it is, and they say, "I'm sorry, you, that's none of your business." Like I'll call the oh, company, and right, they're right. like, "You can't." You know, I'm like, this person's stalking me. Help. Um, so thank you, Colleen. Um, it was it was fun tracking you down. And speaking of packages received also, and this one I think wants to be anonymous, so I will not let you Google stalk them. What? So all it says is, thanks for the show from a listener in Maryland. They sent us, I didn't bring it with me because I can't eat it until after Easter. Oh, but, um, interesting. But some... Handmade Gouda from the Trappist Cistercian nice. Nuns of Our Lady of the Angels Monastery. Call it Monastery Country Cheese. And it's huge and it was great to receive. And I will enjoy it when I'm having dairy again. I will share some with Father Nathan. Hey, Because you shared the truffles with me, so. Nice. She actually told me to. She told me to. Oh, okay. Well, I'll assume that they're telling me to. Because it does say thanks for the show and you're the show part of this. Got it. Yep. All right, uh, from the emails, more shout-outs. All right, from Carrie Schellert. 
getting married in April to my maid of honor, Vicki Hathaway. She does an amazing work in the Diocese of Gary with young adults and social justice. Shout out, blessed wedding, have fun being married and participating in the holy mystery of the death and resurrection of Christ through your sacrament of marriage. All right, Nick and Katie Price from Hopkins, Michigan, expecting our first child on February 21st. <laughs> We're a little behind in these shout outs. Uh, expecting, so congratulations yeah, on your first, first child. Let us know if it was a boy or a girl. January 21st, it's not that bad. February 21st. That's, like That's even less bad, but still. It's less bad. We're trying to get through these. And we haven't recorded since, we, like... Yeah, we haven't. But also, we, we are giving some of these to the guys in Rome, so they they can do some, too. So you can get... Uh, Quit throwing them under the bus. Father you know John's. they're just going to sucker punch me. <laughs> Father John's salty, smooth voice doing your shout-outs instead of me. All right. Salty. What did I say? Salty, smooth? Salty, smooth. <laughs> like caramel. Amen. All right. To my son, Oisen Comer... Oh, o- Oshin, sorry. I should have looked. At, you even said how to do it. To my son, Oshin Comer, for his baptism on the 21st okay. of February at St. Teresa in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania, from Charles Comer. Happy baptism. Uh, shout out from Lisa Champini. Campini, something like that. To my husband, Dan, a Green Beret, but more importantly, is an amazing yeah. Catholic man, husband and father. Yeah, but Green Beret adds something to that. Gotta say. <laughs> Kind of. It, it's, it's impressive. All right. And finally, to my friend Kyle, the running joke we all say about him is, I hate Kyle. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> Let's talk about that, folks. If that's something you'd rather not say on the podcast, I completely understand. Too late. <laughs> Too late. But it would be hilarious if you did. I hate Kyle. No. 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 Who's, I love Kyle. Kyle's a beloved child of God. Yeah. From Connor. Who, who offered the shout out? Uh, Connor Companic, engineering major at Arizona State. I hate Connor. <laughs> Suck on that. <laughs> we love everybody. We have to. It's in our job description. So Yeah, I guess. Love you, Kyle. Love you, Connor. You guys can go on hating each other, though. All right. And that is it. All right. Happy Bright Week. Yes. Enjoy the glories of Christ's death and resurrection. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Salty smooth voice. Salty smooth. Salty smooth. <laughs> oh, why'd they give us this job? <laughs> no one uh, else would take yeah, it. Yeah, right. Love y'all. Have a good Pentecost season. Amen. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Meow. Come on. Wake up. <laughs>